0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome around, tripper, here on 89.1 WXVU Villanova Radio. It is Monday, March 9th, the first day back from spring break. How are we doing, Conrad? I'm doing pretty good. How about you, Pat?
1: You know, I was doing well
0: until I got into the studio. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a little bit of a delayed show here, and uh, that is because uh, streaming is down on computers right now, which means that I cannot record the stream on uh on my computer so we're trying a really hodgepodge way of which we are recording literally from my laptop microphone and we're going to hope that it picks up me conrad and sherwood the best it can so no promises for how the podcast is going to sound um fortunately cannot prepare for these types of technical difficulties uh, i've been trying to work it out but it doesn't look like it's working uh we are now joined by jack sherwood who's on the phone this week sherwood hey how are we Sherry?
2: doing good how are you guys How's all everything there
0: everything's good how are you doing at
2: home good very good so far so good everything so good. Uh, yeah well
0: Perfect. No, uh, that, that's great. So, all right, we are going to start with some shout outs before we get into the show. Uh, shout outs to Connor, Jordy, Megan, Jules, Shannon, Joe, Rebecca, Rick, Dan, Brian, Jack, Madeline, Katie, Cap City, Mark, De Palma makes a list for this week, Uncle Ken, Aunt Diane, Marie, Joe, Johnny, Mom, Dad, Bears, Kane, Sherwoods, Woods, Moys, everyone, anyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the Instagram is round underscore tripper 23 The podcast goes live every Tuesday morning on iTunes and Spotify. We'll see if that happens this week because. We're trying our best, uh, so people that listen live might, might get the advantage this week, which is really disappointing because this is a fantastic show, and I'm so excited to do a Big East tournament preview, but uh, unfortunately, things aren't working out the way we're supposed to. The other part to go with this is that I now have to have Sherwood on speakerphone um, and literally holding the phone up to the microphone because I can't have him call into the system because the system would not pick it up while I'm recording this podcast, so it's a disaster. Yep. Again, so
2: I want to see this live. I want to see this Instagram
0: live. Yeah, I'm absolutely furious right now. It um, is live right now. It is live. Yeah. Um. Okay, good. I'm
2: gonna turn that
0: to Yeah, exactly. But th- this could not have started worse. I'm very, very angry, and um, and we're gonna get into a show. <laughs> so, fantastic. Um, so we're gonna start with college hoops as we wrap up the end of the regular season here. Villanova closes out. With a 2-0 week, moves up to number 11 in the polls, and also gets that all-important share of the Big East title, which is absolutely shocking. From where they were, six out of seven years now, Jay Wright's crew has come up with at least a
1: share of the Big East title. What's our initial reaction to that? Oh, uh, I'm just I'm shocked that they were able to do it, especially after that loss to Providence. What, what was that two weeks ago? It just kind of looked like nothing really good could happen because just the, the the timing of it was just so poor uh you're in that fight with Seton Hall and Creighton who both kept on winning especially Creighton just kept on kept on winning and those other teams honestly towards the end of the year almost looked a little better so it was, it was nice for them to come out with at least a tie three-way tie it's not great but it also happened in the Big Ten so I guess it's a year of ties and i mean a championship's a championship so sure yeah i think i think you take a look at you know over our four years
2: at we've won what? this is our second regular season we've got three um conference tournament championships so i mean i would kind of quote unquote say we're spoiled a little bit with having five out of you know possible eight we could get a possible six you know six out of eight like biggest championships regular season and tournament championships but no, especially too for the young team, as I read a tweet earlier that said, especially if you take a look at this Jay Wright coach team with no seniors, with basically the best guy coming back was Colin Gillespie, who last year was like the third option and to be able to be ranked 11, what he said, which is basically the year end bowling. And then to get a share of the big East to go 13-5, um, you know, it was incredible. It just is a testament to this team, testament, you know, to the players obviously buying into the system and, um, you know, showing that the guys that Jay recruits is that he recruits the correct guys, you know, that are team players that are in play for the program. And yeah, it's just impressive and especially two to squeeze out that two seed. Um, you know, super impressive, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, too. Now, you know, set up playing either who is it? It's Xavier or George Xavier Paul, Xavier Georgetown, one of the two. And, you know, kind of have to play on Thursday we'll be able to play a team that literally played twenty four hours before, which is huge.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Moving into that two spot was gigantic for Villanova. And just a quick edit on it. It's a three out of four regular season titles for Villanova okay, while we're here. Okay,
2: probably three.
0: And Xavier took the one in 2018. Funny enough, that was probably the best Villano- well, not probably, that was the best Villanova yes. team, possibly ever. That the team that won the national championship in eighteen was the only one that didn't win a Big East regular season title. But as you said as well, three for three so far in Biggie's conference or biggie's tournaments, and they'll see if we can go four for four in just a couple of days. But yeah, kind of to your point as well, doing it starting two freshmen for most of the year, doing it without a senior on the team, doing it when the Big East was the most competitive it's ever been under this new formation, this might be Jay Wright's most impressive conference title. Now, I understand it's shared with two other teams, but the magnitude of being able to win it when it seemed like odds were really stacked against a young team that was just trying to learn, and as he said, just learn the Big East, and you end up, being a share of the champ, getting a share of the championship—it's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, very impressive. And halfway through the, what was it? Three weeks ago, all three of us I think said we had zero chance of doing. It. I did not think that they were going to win anything. So, any of that. just the fact that this team was able to turn it around from that point, where even big fans that go to the school were kind of doubting what was the possibility, and still being able to do it, is, is very impressive, especially leading into. The biggest, not only the biggest turn, but then March Madness, seeing where that seating is, and I mean, they're a scary team to play. Yeah, they they really are. So we'll get
0: into the first game on Wednesday night. Nova came away with a 79 to 77 win over Seton Hall, and the exciting part of that, there was some scoring distribution, and you know what? We've seen it more lately from Villanova when they went into their swoon. It was more of just one to two guys, but you're starting to see some other guys score. I mean, Jermaine Samuels put up 19. Justin Moore put up 19, Gillespie was held to 12, Robinson Earl was still at 9, and then Bay did what he usually does, put in his 20 on 7 of 13 shooting as always. But nice to see that scoring kind of move around a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an improvement on the just Sadiq, Bay, and Colin Gillespie show. Um, Seeing Samuels and Moore get involved in that scoring a lot, and Robinson Earl having kind of a a, a down night scoring with that, but still seeing the other guys pick it up. One thing with the point to uh, points um, distribution. It is is a little concerning that there were zero points off the bench in the game. Yes. That's a problem. But but with the starters, it's starting to balance out. Instead of two, it's now four to five guys. I'd like to see that expand to maybe six, seven. But at this point, I mean, it is what it is. Sherwood? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, I think that, um, you know, obviously, the bench had zero points. Also, too, Slater, I mean, logging to ranch was really interesting. I thought we were going to see a lot more of him, especially – Considering that, you know, he, he, I would have thought that he would have matched up well against Powell. Um, again, you know, and also to Powell, who put in 14 on a senior night, you know, was that part of it that he was, you know, a little emotional? Probably, uh, probably didn't that probably would set up a part to play. And also, just on a side note, you know, congratulations, you know, to him as well for being the first person in his family to graduate from college, which is, you know. Yes, I,
0: I love they mentioned that in the pregame. I thought that was that's, really cool.
2: Yeah, that's really, that's also, awesome. I know that. You know, obviously, we, we have a share of the Big East title with them, and they're a quote unquote rival, rivals, but he's been a thrill to watch over the last four years. And, you know, as soon as Saturday comes to a close, I mean, I know all of us should be rooting on, you know, the Pirates and rooting on the Blue Jays, you know, how, you know for the Big East to do well. But, yeah, I think that obviously what Conrad said is having all the points come from the starting five isn't great. But also, too, just Justin Moore kind of had that little Sadiq Bay look in his eyes during the second half where he just kind of he got it and he was firing it up. Like, I remember there was one point, blew her up by two with about four minutes left. And they did a little pick and roll, and they ended up double-teaming Gillespie up top. Uh, Justin Moore, guys, the guy that's guarding Justin Moore just left him and left who was, like, who was our hottest player at that time, just wide open. And, you know, just the little one-two rip up caught it, and Gillespie hit the, not Gillespie, party Moore hit the three, but, you know, it's big-time players, you know, stepping up, obviously touching at Conrad's point in my head, you know, ho-hum 9-11, you know, game, which is like when you take a look at this, you know, obviously we'll get into the accolades a little bit later. I mean, that's, if you can put that in, you know, that's great. And then, um, you know, four to five stars, in double digits is incredible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so what I want to point out is that I thought Villanova did a nice job on Powell. I mean, yes, he put in his 14 points, but they held him to five of 18 shooting, especially three of 10 from beyond the arc. What they did very nicely on him was that they went over screens because what Seton Hall does a lot is they just try to set screens around the three-point line and have Powell get a little bit of space and step back it's exactly what Colin Gillespie gets all the time where Robinson Earl sets the screen and there's that little bit of space most teams go under the screens Villanova went over the screen a lot trying to get in Powell's face and I definitely think that that played an impact on him another nice thing that you started or you've seen from Villanova we had these last couple games it's three in the last two games Robinson Earl stepped out and hit three And that's something that he really struggled with for a big portion of the season, but he's got three, three pointers over the last two games and just his ability to make defenses think about it and have to come out really helps out with the spacing for this team. The passing was really, really good as well. He is one of the biggest culprits of the passing. Jeremiah Robinson is one of the better passing big men you'll see in the country, which is just so shocking coming out of a freshman. Um, Overall, it was a really impressive game. Now, the thing that you have to look at is free throws, because that was a disaster at the end of the game. 10 of 18 as a team. I believe they went 3 of 10 in the final two minutes. That cannot happen in March, and they are very lucky to get out of there with a 2-point win after that.
2: No, that was, that was that was not good at all. But, you know, we kind of talked about I think you and I looked at each other. I think it was the Creighton game or another game. We kind of said, oh, is this game to Jermaine Samuels' time? You know, obviously looking at all the clutch shots he's made. When it got done the last minute, you know, they, we were struggling. We missed a couple front ends. We missed a couple two shots. Obviously, Samuels goes one and one in the final four seconds. But, you know, then he ends up hitting the free throw, you know, which we'll get into in a second yep. of the game tomorrow. So, or, pardon me, not tomorrow. The game two days ago. But, I um, know, yeah, that's definitely – what does Dan always say? Free throws in March. Yeah. I mean, free throws in March, you have to make them. This is like, you. we got away, we slipped this one away, but I don't care who we play, I don't care if we end up in one seed and we play a 16th seed, you can't let this happen, which you know, obviously is hypothetical, <laughs> we won't, but no, this cannot continue to happen.
0: No, absolutely. I do want to point out that Samuels, again, like a really strong all-around game, 19.7
1: boards, five assists. You had something to say on that? I was going uh, with the free throws, I am about to point out Samuels as well. He went 5 of 6 from the line.
0: He's been much better from the line. So
1: much better. The next guy was hitting 57% from the line. Yeah, he was at 83%. Like, to go in, I believe, especially earlier in the year, his free throws were a big problem for him. And in this game, while nobody else could hit him, he hit him. And I think it goes back to just, it makes no sense. But the clutch guy in this team is Jermaine Samuels. He is. He absolutely <laughs> is a clutch he guy. I would on this team. never guess that up.
0: Go time and time it. again, yeah. Jermaine Samuels is the one that hits the big shot. He misses the open shot but with ten minutes left it. in the first <laughs> half, but he always seems to come up big for this team. Yes, that it's, yeah. it's just
2: it's insane. I love that. it. I mean, nice. It's awesome. It's great to have especially too considering, you know, if it gets down to the end of the game and what should probably happen this week you know, they start to double him, they start to shift over and then, you know, you've got other first team you know, you got first team Big East player Sadiq Bay,
1: you know, probably yeah, that's gonna, gonna the be open or Gillespie. Like... Like that's
2: yeah, so whoever gets left open is gonna be able to hopefully knock down that shot. Or if they just continue to play one on one, I mean somehow, some way he'll will that ball into the basket. Yeah,
0: it's true. And what Samuels does so well is that especially when say a Bay or a Gillespie draws that double team and he's left open He doesn't just hoist up a three. He charges at the net, and Mm -hmm. he uses his body so well to shield defenders and be able to put up some sort of layup and draw contact, which we saw in the Georgetown game. But he does it time and time again. And seriously, Jermaine Samuels has made such an impact on this team, whether it be offensively or defensively this year. Offensively, he's had some clutch moments, and defensively, he's just been solid all year. And that's been really important. A question that does come out of this game, was it the most impressive win of conference play for the Wildcats? Um, I think it was. I
2: think mean, that especially going in a hostile environment, if you would, you know, playing at the Provincial Center. I mean, that was pretty packed, and um, you know, senior day, senior Hall had, you know, this was obviously the first of two games they able to clinch, and they, I don't know if I want to say knocked them in the mouth, because they kind of didn't, because it was 33-30 at halftime, and it was, but we were able to kind of guard grab that lead and kind of play our brand of basketball, and Especially too is we got it when we got by fourteen when Justin Moore went on his little run. I thought this game's over. In the second half, I thought no way Seton Hall would come back to win this game, and they did. And you know we obviously we've talked about you know no bench scoring, missed a ton of free throws, um, you know how good this Seton Hall team is, and to be able to pull it out is you know obviously there was a lot of bright spots. I think it is probably the best win of the conference.
1: Yeah. I have to go. Well, I there is an argument for the Saint Hall game. I just go back to the the Butler game at at the Finneran Pavilion on in January. It was a comprehensive performance where it was very similar, except uh-huh. instead of kind of having it be close down the end, they kind of just this Butler team was ranked 13 at the time. Yes, they're on a losing skid, but they blew them out by 15 when nobody was really doing that to uh-huh. Butler. And Butler started off this year so strong, especially in Big East, play. And that I would put that as, because that was also, not only was it a a big win, it was kind of the turning point, I think, of how I looked at this Villanova team. And it was before their little losing skid, but it showed that they could play with the big boys and they weren't just beating up on the small teams um, like they were kind of earlier in the season. So that's why I would say maybe that Butler win. But they're very, very close and kind of, Butler was about halfway through the season. This was to end the season. They're very similar So interesting. So that means that all
0: three of us have three different games, and that just shows how – I don't even know the adjective you use with this Villanova season, but how impressive, I guess, the season's been because I look at this this Seton Hall game and I say, this one probably tasted the best because it stopped Seton Hall from getting an outright title, um, and it's a big road win for Villanova and they can do it in big time on the road. Um, You look at that Butler game, and like you said, that was a dominant performance from start to finish. Butler never had a sniff in that game. And then the game I'm gonna to go to was at Creighton in January. When yeah, yeah, when they were looking like they were gonna get shot out of the building by the Blue Jays and came back and grinded that game out, holding Creighton a 59 points. Creighton a 59 points. So I again this this was a great win. The baller win was a great win. I give that Creighton game uh the nod, but it just shows there have been some impressive wins on the way for going over this year. All right, so we'll move into Georgetown then. We can just talk quickly about that because I know there's a bunch of other stuff we want to get to before moving into the Big East Tournament. I mean, a 70-69 to 69 win for the Wildcats. Just a bizarre game. It, it, was, it was bizarre. Villanova went up 17-2 to, to start the game. Then went pretty cold. Georgetown finally took the lead with eight minutes left. Nova was down four with a minute left and found a way to win by one.
1: What do we make of that? I, I mean, I don't really know what you can say to that because – how hot this Villanova team started and how cold Georgetown was. You kind of knew it wasn't sustainable, but you are like, all right, they're getting at least their half of the, of what needs to happen that day to to get a chance to win uh, the Big East regular season. You thought, oh, this is gonna be an easy 10 point win. You go into half, you're like, oh, it's an easy 10 point win, and then just everything falls apart. And I think it's, this Villanova team just kind of got, I wouldn't say lazy, but like, you go into that half, that halftime locker room. And you're not exactly like pressing to make all the adjustments, pressing to figure out what they kind of figured out after that that hot, so that slow start by them, by Georgetown, and they kind of just got complacent, I think, and were able to figure it out in those last four minutes, I guess. And um, guess who came up clutch? Yeah, you already know who came up clutch, hit the game-winning shot,
0: and Jermaine Samuels driving with the end one goaltend, <laughs> yeah. and then the the made foul shot at the end. But Sherwood, what did you make of the game?
2: Yeah, I think just very similar. So we, I looked at my phone and saw we're fourteen and I thought, oh, okay, that's great. You know, we can kind of, you know, hopefully by second half we can get going. You know, kind of put this away. We can rest our guys. We can get Slater in there. We can try to get Swider to kind of, you know, find fire with him. And then I don't. It's just you know, it's Biggie's basketball. I mean, that's just you know, no game, no lead safe, no game. You know, whatever you go into is going to be, you know, an easy game. And then. I look at it too is it just reminds me of this kind of kind of remind me of the Butler game where um, that was in Field Fieldhouse where we were down with a couple minutes left and then all of a sudden City Bay just drained a couple of threes. Yep. And that I think the possession that doesn't get enough credit was that City Bay possession with about a minute left when he hit the three. That was a great play where um, Jeremiah flashed to the top of the key, Gillespie found him, Bay's guys sucked in, and then. What you said earlier second ago was that Jeremiah is such a great big pass, great passing big, found Sydney Bay, you know, in rhythm, drained that three, and really put you know a ton of pressure back on Georgetown. And I mean, it's not a pretty win, no. But a win's a, win's a win. Uh, win's a win's a win. We got you know what is it? We ended up thirteen and five. I mean that's and you know got us to share the biggest title. So um, you know, hey, it's it's a one point win, but it looks. It's you know kind of the same thing with a like, dribbler single and baseball as it shows up as a hard hit, you know it shows up as a hard hit ball in the scorebook and this looks like a grinded out one point win and a and uh, a baby's title. So I mean I'll take it.
0: Yeah no it, it it's fair and so you can definitely look at this and say that's worrying that they let a Georgetown team that's not very good though. I think Patrick Ewing has done an incredible job at coaching them up this year with the tr- train wreck that they had at the beginning of the season with players getting dismissed and transferring including James Kinjo, but this Villanova team seems to just be able to pull out these close games, and that's a really key thing. I mean, you look at a one point win against Georgetown, two-point win against Seton Hall. They have to grind it out against Marquette at the end at home, which was their own doing, but a win on the road at Providence, a close win against UConn, a close win against DePaul, a close win at Creighton. The Kansas game, they win these close games, and for a young team, a team that's mostly freshmen and sophomores, that is a huge trade, especially moving forward here in March.
1: Yeah, that's definitely something you can you can take away from this team is if they're in a situation in in the tournament where it gets close, they've been there before. There's been teams in the past where you kind of believe it was that 18 team
2: that blew everybody out. That blew out. everyone
1: out, and everybody yeah. was worried. Oh no, they can't possibly blow out everyone. It's gonna come to a close game eventually. No wait oh wait, they, they still did. blew everybody out, <laughs> so it wasn't a problem, but you don't have that concern of, oh, they've never been a close game. Like, you're almost concerned they blow every big lead they have sure. and make it a close game. Yeah, Very different. They love least, their close games. But at least they, they're good in close games, I guess. Yeah, that's it's close. Yeah, it is. and um, Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know,
2: you don't run out of magic. You don't run out of magic beans at the end. So, you know, it'd be good to win a couple of these, but you know, hey, they're, you know, like you said, they're tried and true. They've been able to do this, and, um, you know, especially this is where you're going to have to look to And hopefully, you know, three games in the Garden, and then hopefully, you know, six in the tournament, you know, which, just looking at those games that we'll be able to, you know, be able to grind them out, be able to, even if we're down, again, what you said, down by fourth a minute left, that, you know, there's no... Um, you know, kind of urgency where you're gonna pull up from half court, kind of like Phil Booth, where <laughs> you know we'd get down and he would just kind of try to go ISO. And you know, credit to him, make a lot. And but you know that we kind of are able to run our offense, able to get you know, able to get a two, we're able to set up a you know open three to try to cut into that lead.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So moving along, then Sadiq Bay made first team Big East this year for what was just an incredible all around performance from over 16 points per game, about five rebounds two assists, only one and a half turnovers. The most impressive part is the field goal and the three-point percentage. He shot 48% from the field and 45% from three. Not many more efficient scorers in the country. Then Sadiq Bay, he almost doubled his scoring output last year, average eight point two, up to sixteen point one this year. I mean, I think everything has basically been said about Sadiq Bay on this show so far this year, but well earned for big all
1: Big East first team. Yeah, couldn't have asked for all the, um, and yeah, he's just an amazing player. And who would have thought he was a transfer here or not transfer? He signed a late, late commit. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome, and just what I see
2: too, you know. From the first, I guess I'm going the first team in a minute, but no, it's it was awesome. You know, it's great, well deserved what you said, and yeah, no need to you know continue more
0: into that. Yeah, Villanova picking up another award as well with Colin Gillespie making the All Big East second team. 15 points a game for Gillespie, four boards five assists, just over a steal, 41% field goal percentage, 36% from three, not too shabby himself. Gillespie, I say second team's about right. He's very good. He's definitely got a chance at All-Big East first team next year and just a steady leader for Villanova this season.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's done He's done everything this, this team has asked him to do. He's really the leading presence on the team uh from uh, age-wise, and he's done a great job stepping in a little earlier than most guys would to take that leadership role. Um, it, you couldn't ask for more. He's really, really taking the, taking these young guys under his wing, especially I think Justin Moore has benefited a lot from him being on the team. Totally agree.
2: Yeah, yes, I mean, that's, yeah, I think what you said, second team fits in perfectly, especially too, if you look at the last two point guards that Villanova's had, I mean, he had Arch, who was the mope in the 2016 tournament, and then we had Jalen Brunson, the 2018 Wooden Award winner, so, I mean, talk about big shoes to fill by Gillespie, and, you know, he's kind of done it, he's been able to, you know, kind of hold down this team, he's been able to be that rock and be that, you know, uh, vocal leader, that coach on the court that Jay has always, you know, has always had and has always needed on the court to kind of help echo him, so, you know, well-deserved what he said is next year. You know, kind of use this as motivation. You know, hey, he was second team. You know, let's go up there next year to get first
0: team. Absolutely, and I definitely think that he can come away with a first team honor next season. Then for the Big East freshman team, you already know who was on it because it's the guys that owned every like pretty much every single Big East freshman of the week award. Justin Moore and Jeremiah Robinson are both honored by being on the all-Big East freshman team. Now, going for the stats for the two of them. Robinson Earl averaged 10.5 points, 9.4 bro- boards, 2 assists, a steal, f- f- ah, wow, I can't speak. 45% from the field, 33% from three, 81% from the line. Justin Moore with 11 points per game, 3 boards, 2 assists on 42% and 40% from the field. Again, Justin Moore shot 40% from beyond the arc. These two were incredible for Villanova the whole season. They've been two starters for most of the season. Robinson Earl the whole season, Moore was in and out a little bit. But what more can you say about these two freshmen as well, both getting honored?
2: Um, yeah, no, I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's, you know, they've been able to step in and, um, yeah, we wasted a well-deserved every week they've been up there. What's the biggest freshman of the year? Yeah, or it it far, of
1: the freshman of the week, pardon me. Couldn't have asked for more out of, out of either of them, especially just shocking that two of the five um, freshman, freshman um, selections came from Illinois, which has been such a senior-dominated school, and for how, who knows how long, it's always been freshmen, no matter how talented the freshmen are, they're not even sniffing the court. And then these two guys roll in um, and are basically starts from day one. It's just, it's, it's a very impressive for both these guys to be able to do that. And Looks good for the future of this team if they're starting at this level, if they're able to stay a couple of years, what they could be. No, it, it definitely does, so the
0: question is, Who's the Big East Freshman of the Year?
1: Jeremiah. It's gotta be
0: one of the two, because they won all the, pretty much all of the Big East Freshman of the Week awards. No, that's no fun, we all agree on Jeremiah. As much as I love Justin Moore, and I love Justin Moore to death, it has to be Robinson Earl. Just the impact that he made from day one. You think of that first game, yes, it was against Army, but come out there, your first collegiate game, put up a double-double with over 20 points. He held his own with some of the better big men in college basketball. I mean, you think of his battle with Yudoka bouquet. He's going up against Paul Reed, Tyreek Jones, Mamu Kelishvili. He has had some tough matchups here as an 18-year-old and has played so well throughout the season. He shoots 82% from the free-throw line. For me, Mm -hmm. Robinson Earl is the only choice for freshman of the year, and that is absolutely no slight on the performance Mm -hmm. that Justin Moore has had this year. No, not at all. It's just Jeremiah was asked to do more earlier. I think that's really what Mm -hmm. it comes down to. I think that's fair. Also an honorable mention to Julian Champagny from St. John's who has really come on strong here, especially towards the end of the season and will absolutely be a player to watch. He just unfortunately came in with the same freshman class of Robinson and more. So tough to unseat those guys. All right, sticking with it, we have the Big East first team was announced. As I said, Sadiq Bey was on it. So we'll start with Kamar Baldwin from Butler. Butler averaged 16, or Baldwin averaged 16.2 points per game, was fifth in the conference in scoring, also added three assists, 85% of his foul shots. Tyshawn Alexander, also from Creighton, on the Big East first team, averaging 17 points per game and 40% from beyond the arc. Miles Powell, of course, Miles Powell with 21 points per game, only behind Marcus Howard. Uh, He was also the Big East uh, preseason player of the year in Powell. Marcus Howard, of course, as well on that list. 28 points per game out of Marcus Howard, led the country in scoring, also became the Big East career leading scorer with just about 1,600 points and three-pointers made. He won last year's Big East player of the year, Najee Marshall from Xavier, also getting on that list with about 17 and 6. And as well as Sadiq Bay. Any gripes with the Biggie's first team?
1: I don't have any. I, th- I think they got it right. I don't know who you would put in. I mean, it's shocking that Alpha Diallo didn't make it. Yes, but I mean, you would have thought he would have made it. We're just outstanding players. Sure. Sherwood?
2: Yeah. No, I think that's. It just shows. Um. It really, to me, it shows how competitive this Big East team is. I mean, five or six first team players coming from six different teams, yeah. and that just shows. I think that's exactly um, it. And that's just right. So and I don't think what you said no. I think they, they got it correct. I think first, second team they got correct. Freshman, everything I think they got correct.
0: Yes, the only ones that I think you could possibly look at is Najee Marshall from Xavier, possibly putting his own teammate Tyreek Jones on the list, as well as Marcus Zagorowski possibly jumping Marshall from Creighton but still very difficult to argue either way. I have no problem with the Big East first team. Second team does have Zagorowski from Creighton, Paul Reed from DePaul, Alpha Diallo from Providence, Gillespie, as we mentioned, as well as Tyreek Jones. So that leaves us with one more question here as we wrap up this first segment and then take a break and we'll get into the Big East tournament. It's a big one. Who's the Big East player of the year? I think it's
2: Miles Powell. You go Powell? I think I'll go Powell.
0: Why? Yeah. Um, I think if you just look... Even though it's
2: a like, quote unquote an individual award, I think that Powell just seems more into, you know, with his team is obviously Marquette is very reliant on Howard, but Powell is kind of more of a playmaker in the sense that he can, you know, work his players able to work off of him. He's, you know, fair, he's a decent passer as well as decent. On, he's good on defense. I just feel like overall he's had a better year, but also, too, this is kind of comparing, like, you know, Marcus Howard is, you know, a different level where it's kind of like, maybe we've kind of gotten used to him being this good in the sense of, you know, now someone else kind of leaps up to that level and it's kind of like, oh, shoot, you know, this guy's really good.
0: No, that, that's definitely fair. Obviously, Seton Hall getting a share of that title. Conrad, who is your Big East Player of the Year?
1: I think it's either between uh, Marcus Howard or Powell. I might lean toward Marcus Howard just because that, that Marquette team does not function without Marcus Howard. That team is yeah. nowhere near as good. I know they took a slide late in the year and that probably hurts his push. And he went through a couple games where he wasn't able to score, um, but that's probably because he was only scoring 18 instead of 30 something. But I think just what what Marcus Howard meant to his, his his team I think means more than any of these other guys because if Marcus Howard's out, that Marquette team is, is probably down in that, applied to Paul Georgetown and St. John's range, then, can, then possibly having a chance at something.
0: No, and that's fair. And then I go with the guy that neither of you picked, but I think he should win. He will not win it. He will get votes, but it's Tyshawn Alexander from Creighton for me. Alexander had a spectacular season. He finished third in the Big East in scoring at about 17 uh, per game, 16.9. Added in five rebounds, 2.3 assists, 1.3 steals, shot 43% from the field, 40% from deep, 86% from three. That's just offensively. Defensively, This is very interesting. I want to read this out to you. So, of the two players you just mentioned, Marcus Howard and Miles Powell, against the rest of the Big East, they averaged, uh, Howard averaged 30 points per game, Powell 20. Against guarded by Tyshawn Alexander, Howard was cut in half to 15, Powell was down to 14. Field goal percentage was down over 10% for each of them. He held Sadiq Bey to only 10 points per game as well. If I go both sides of the ball, Tyshawn Alexander was incredible and, in my mind, should win Big East player of the year. How I think it will turn out is that Miles Powell is going to win just with Seton Hall with their first conference title since 1992. Uh, Creighton, listen, it was Creighton's first Big East title, so you can put that in there as well. But I really think Tyson Alexander deserves more credit than he gets and has been incredible for Creighton this season, and he would be my pick.
2: Yeah
0: all right all right so that'll lead up our first segment next we're going to get into a big breakdown of the big east tournament here as we go heavy on college basketball because that's what's going on right now so all right this is round tripper thank you for hanging with us through this uh through some technical difficulties and we'll be right back all right back here on round tripper and it's time for the really fun part we are about to preview the big east tournament here we go again with the Big East Tournament coming in this Wednesday through Saturday at Madison Square Garden. Whew. Um, we're going to go matchup by matchup. How, how do you think the best way to do this is? Do you want me to just go? Because I can. Yes, just go. All right, so we're going to start with the first game then. St. John's against Georgetown. It is your 8-9 matchup. The winner gets the wonderful, wonderful award of getting to play Creighton at noon the next day so yeah after a night game so that will obviously be incredibly difficult uh georgetown enters on a six game losing streak especially after a heartbreaker to villanova they do have wins over butler and creighton in their arsenal though just to show what patrick ewing's been able to do with them this year st john's you know they've closed strong they gave villanova a little bit of a tough time they closed with wins over creighton and marquette over the last week plus plus and they are no fun to play. As we know, they play plenty of their home games in Madison Square Garden as well, so there should be a good Johnny's contingent. St. John's is a lower seed, but I actually think St. John's got a really good chance to move on, and I think they will.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think just after that loss that Georgetown John just took, I think it's just such a crushing defeat that it, it might roll into it, and then you give St. John's that kind of home field advantage, I think that pulls them through. I'm not sure how much further they will go than that, but I mean, as long as you get one win in this tournament, it's, it's pretty impressive. And I think St. John's has a chance to do it. I think they're pretty evenly matched. I think I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna say uh,
2: Georgetown wins. I think George, Georgetown's got four scores in double digits. Um, they've got someone out you They've got another guy, um, Blair, who's averaging, uh, not Blair, pardon me, Pickett, uh, uh, who's every you know, right around 10 points, so I can see them. You know, for just more diverse scoring. Um, you know, maybe point that
0: out. No, that that's fair because what St. John struggles with is shooting. They are a very poor shooting team. They thrive off of creating chaos and creating turnovers and points off of turnovers and fast break points. That's what the Johnnies are going to look to do. And if they can do so against Georgetown, Georgetown's in a lot of trouble. But if Georgetown is, it, say, if Georgetown puts up the sixty nine that they put up against Villanova, I think there's a decent chance they win that game. Uh, against St. John's, I just think the Johnny's um, going to be able to create some havoc there and um, be able to cr- have a little bit of home field advantage and come away with a come away with a win. Uh, sec- I'm
2: actually I'm going I'm going to change my pick quickly to actually St. John's because I mm-hmm. forgot McClung is injured.
0: He is questionable. They're not well, sure okay. if he's going to play. He might.
1: He's still in a boot. On in a boot. Yeah, he didn't
0: I... look great. I I do agree that if McClung is is out, St. John's chances go up even even more. But. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I like how St. John's is playing lately. I do. And especially, like, looking at that, the win over Marquette was surprising when it happened. And then they blew Creighton out. They won by 20. And I yeah, say that they struggled crazy. to score yeah. there. They put up 91 against the Blue Jays. So they did yeah. not struggle there. Um, so I don't know. I just There's something about St. John's that that's not a fun team to play. Um, and I think they've got a chance to win it. Second game on Wednesday night is DePaul against Xavier. The winner will play Villanova in the 7 p.m. slot on Thursday night. Now, DePaul finished with three conference wins, 3-15. and Xavier, a little bit of a slip-up, falls into the 7 spot. Well, they really fell into the 7 spot after Kamar Baldwin went up and drilled a game-winning three as time expired against them Uh, for Xavier. 102nd in o- in the country in offensive efficiency, 210th in points per games. They're not a great scoring team. Again, tough defensively, hard nosed. Tyreek Jones is tough. Obviously, Najee Marshall is fantastic. An all-, all Big East first teamer. I think Xavier's just going to have too much talent to be able to grind one out here against DePaul. Yeah,
2: I can see Xavier winning as well because I just think that. Um, also, too, just looking at I think it was Wednesday night before our game. Is, I believe Zager I think they the five spot, the five seed. Or said so, they were five or six. Obviously seven. They
0: were definitely the six. I'm not sure if they Stakes. were the five. They might have been. Okay. Actually, okay. Uh, no. Butler. I think Butler and Providence have been locked in there for a while.
2: Okay, fine. Yeah. But I think they just. I think just. <laughs> outside of. I don't know. I, keep, I just see. I just see Zager winning. I just don't know if DePaul is talented enough to put together 40 minutes. And obviously, they've got Charlie Moore and they've got Paul Reed. But, you know, are they going to be able to, you know, put
0: together a solid 40 minutes? And, yeah. No, and I, I think that's fair. I like Romeo Weems for DePaul as well. I just I don't think they're going to be able to pull off a win against a, a more experienced Xavier team. And a Xavier team that is still talented. Let me make that clear. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the seventh seed in this conference. But most um, bracketologists still have Xavier getting in as well. Yeah. So to the NCAA tournament. So that's, that's, they're not exactly a slouch coming in.
1: Yeah, I think I think Xavier's going to win, but I think it'll actually be a relatively close game. I'm just waiting for this DePaul team to show us something. The early season DePaul? That the early season yeah. DePaul, and I really want it to come out. I mean, they did beat Marquette while it was at home by one point. Still a, a very, very talented Marquette team, but I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping for DePaul's sake they have a decent showing at least. I, I think Xavier's going to win no matter what, but I want DePaul to kind of keep it close. Um, they did just meet up uh, two weeks ago, and Xavier did win that game pretty handily, but I don't know. it. I DePaul's just got... I'm waiting for DePaul to show me something, and I think they might kind of show something in a loss this week.
0: You got hope for that from Dave Lieto, too, because yeah, he might he not be, be, be here he next year if they, he just, if, if they just bow out here to Xavier and get blown out at the Garden, so... I do think DePaul has the ability to keep it semi-close. I do think Xavier will close them out here. Uh, we'll move to the top of the bracket then as well for what I think is the game of the first round. Butler-Providence, it's the 4-5 matchup. Providence is on fire. Butler is no slouch as well. Providence uh, started out 7-6 and six out of conference. They lost to Penn. They lost to Northwestern. Ugh. <laughs> they lost to Long Beach State, and they lost to Charleston before going 12-6 in the conference. They've won eight out of their last ten. Wayne Pipkins has 20-plus points, including against Villanova, in three of his last four games. Providence is absolutely on fire. Butler comes in on a three-game winning streak. They're led by Kamar Baldwin, who is just a cold-blooded killer at point guard for them. Sean McDermott can step out and hit threes. Uh... Baldwin had thirty-six points against Xavier, including that buzzer beater. This has the potential to be a fantastic matchup on Thursday.
1: I think this is gonna be, be a, a great matchup because of like what you said. This Providence team is on fire. They've beat pretty sure in the last couple weeks, they've beaten all three of the um, conference regular season champions, and they've just been it they've done it handily and they've just done it just over and over again they've they've come in winning i think you said it six straight and it's just they're on fire it looks like nobody can stop them but this butler team did show signs early in this year where they were in the top top 15 in the country and were kind of also handing out losses to villanova seton hall and creighton but um i it's it's gonna be a great matchup i think it's probably one of the better ones of the first round second round technically yeah, I, I think that's the best
0: game, Sherwood. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely the best game. And I think I got to go into Providence. I mean, I, obviously, the, I think the Big East and the NCAA's got to give, you know, some respect to Ed Cooley. Mm. You know, they've got to put, I mean, talk about possibly, you know, Big East coach of the year. Obviously, he won't win it. But, I mean, what you said is they struggled that beginning of the year. They lost three straight to Penn. Well, you said the three straight were to Penn, Long, Long Beach, Staten, Charleston. And it's kind of like, how do you get your team going after that and he i believe they won four straight against ranked opponents yeah they're just firing all cylinders and um yeah so i see providence and i like obviously both teams are kind of trending toward the right correct direction where they're playing well but i think providence is just too hot and like watch out for them you know obviously if they end up you know facing crane where they could you know providence could be you know, could be a bracket buster if you would, you
0: know, the Big East tournament. Oh, I would say so because Ed Cooley knows how to win a Madison Square Garden. Yeah. These Providence yeah. teams always find a way to win these games. And while I love Laval Jordan and I think this Butler team is really talented, I think in a different matchup, this Butler team's got the ability to really make some noise here. I'm not picking against Providence right now without they playing.
1: Until they lose, I'm not.
0: No. Again. Not not in the, not in that first round at least, and then we'll go one more matchup that we know for sure in the first round. Marquette plays Seton Hall, and what will definitely be juicy: Marcus Howard against Miles Powell. But I'll come out and say I think Seton Hall blows out Marquette. This has been—I'm so sorry, Mrs. Bayer, by the way. I, I I know that stings, but Marquette, this is shocking. They've lost six out of seven games. Yeah. They have completely collapsed. And listen, Seton Hall's not doing great either. They finished 3-4 and four over their last seven after a dominant start. But Seton Hall is just such, that, or when they actually work, they're such a complete team. Marquette is the epitome of a one-man show. If Marcus Howard is not putting up 35-plus, they are in big trouble. Just in their last game, Theo John was scoreless and Brendan Bailey was scoreless. They re- we talk about secondary stor- scoring on Villanova. There is no secondary scoring on Marquette, and because of that, I think Seton Hall is going to put them away pretty easily at the Garden.
2: See, I think this is my upset pick of the tournament. Do I you think really? Marquette, I think wow. Marquette takes it home, I if
0: think Seton Hall is... loses in the first or the, the second yeah. round, oh, God, you got to start ringing that's, the
2: alarm bells. And that's, I think that they, you take a look at it, obviously, they had two chances to put away the biggies. Grand played against, you know, Villanova and Crane. So those are, you know, one of those, you know, neither of those games are gimme's. But I think Marcus Howard's going to go out there. I think he's going to, I think he's going to go out there with the chip on his shoulder because Miles Powell's going to win the player of the year day before. I think he's going to go out there and Marcus Howard's going to step over half court and he's just going to launch it off. I think, you know, obviously, I love the quote that, I love the quote that Marcus Howard is that. Uh, I love the quote that talks about how Marcus Howard doesn't is how he doesn't see a shot that he doesn't like. That's true. And I think he's gonna put up I think he might put up forty. I think that that's I think he's done up before do that. and that's the thing. I think he can go out there, he can light it up, and then I think Kobe McCowan is I think that's how he pronounces his last name. Uh, McEwen, yes. McEwen, pardon me McEwen. Is you know, he had that huge coming out party against us, um, in the in the second baby scheme mm-hmm. when they beat us um, in Marquette and I think he finally you know what you said talking about secondary score and I think he puts in you know it does, it puts in 15 points goes above his scoring average and is kind of that if you want to say secondary score but I think I think that's my upset pick I think obviously both teams are really in a little bit more catch really on their heels but I think for some reason that's just calling to me
0: no well that's, uh, if it's how you feel that's how you go and what about you Connor how do you think this shakes out so Uh oh
2: <laughs>
0: Just remember how you answer might depend if you're allowed home.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I don't think it's gonna be blowout. I don't think either way it'll be a blowout. Especially if Marquette wins, no chance. <laughs> but I don't I think just how Seton Hall's played these last two games with against Villanova and against um, Creighton how they've kind of just they, they've not been able to get it done and while I'm not saying that Marquette has been able to get it done because they obviously haven't because they're on such a skid their last one was against who was it against um Georgetown it was against Georgetown um at home so and like I said they've lost six of they, seven they've lost to DePaul DePaul hasn't beaten anyone um but Except number five, Butler.
0: Remember that. Yeah. The ball beat the number five team in the country this year. But yeah. Marcus
1: Howard will go off. Marcus Howard is scoring no less than 35 points in this game. There you go. It all depends on Theo John. Oh, wow. I well,
2: think,
1: can he,
0: if he can guard Romaro Gill,
1: because Gill's been so good for the Pirates this year. What Because it's in him. Because last year, the reason why they were such a good team uh, before getting bounced in the first round to uh, John Morant in the tournament Theo John was a big part of that, and he was able to get decent scoring. He was at least able to lock guys down defensively and get boards. This year, he's only averaging five points and five boards. If he's able to do something, let's, let's say he sniffs a tri- triple-double. Whoa, I was going to double. say, wow. Double-double, and ah. isn't in foul trouble in about five seconds. Yeah, which he it usually is usually yeah. is. one. Yeah. If he's able to do that, I think they have a very good chance at winning this. That being said, Seahawks is still going to win the game. Mm. But Marcus Howard's going to go off for 35 and defend on Dio John.
0: And I think that's fair. What I'd look for more with John is I, I mentioned Romaro Gill. He could be on Gill or Mamou Kalashvili. And if he could especially slow down Mamou at least, he to slow down. who shot over 50% from the field this year, Mamou is an absolute key player for Seton Hall, then yeah, Marquette can stay in. Um, will they be able to? We'll, uh, we'll see. What uh, Another question that leads to it, what is the best potential matchup, whether it be semifinals or finals? Because I'll start. All I want is a Villanova-Seton Hall semifinal on Friday night. Uh-huh. I yeah. think that the Garden would be electric. These teams battle it out year after year in this tournament. Seton Hall has come up short year after year against Villanova, other than in 2016 when they did win the conference through Isaiah Whitehead there at the end. I think that this is the best Seton Hall team that they've had in a while. They've got a chance to slay the Dragon, quote-unquote, in Villanova. Nova's got a chance to, again, one-up Seton Hall. That is the matchup that I really, really want to see out of this Big East tournament. Yeah, I think that's one I'm looking at, too. I think
2: that's obviously on a collision course, and it'd be kind of interesting because both teams are you know, obviously split head-to-head, one-to-one, both winning away. You know, both went on the road, which is interesting. And what you said, looking back to 2017 with that Josh Hart and one. Um, and then last year with the biggest championship, I was wearing by two. So, um, yeah, I think we're 100% on a collision course for that. And I think what you said, that the Garden's going to be electric that night. It's going to be, it, it would be, you know, just a show. Is you know, a 930 tip-off. Yeah, bnb it would just—I think it's going to be—you know—could be the could be the tur- could be the game of the biggest
0: tournament, just with two basically—you know—heavyweights, two—you know—co-champions going up against mm. each other. Yes, but you have Villanova against Marcus Howard. I know. <laughs> I
2: have to
0: change that now. <laughs> but it would be fun yeah. if it was potential, Conrad. What's your big matchup that you would like to see? Can be right. semifinals
1: or final. I mean, it's going to be a semifinal, but it's going to be the other one. Say Creighton-Providence. Yeah. I think Creighton-Providence because I think they are the two of the hottest teams in the Big East right now. They certainly Um, are. Creighton after just, they're really the only team that celebrated winning championship. So you're going from seeing that to this Providence team, which is so hot right now, and just what that matchup could be, and just the team that's kind of been there before in Providence against Creighton, which won their first Um, regular season title in program history and just seeing where that game could go I think that'd be a lot of fun and either way the final that comes out of if those two games do happen would be absolutely amazing on on that Saturday
0: no and that's that's completely fair and I think that would lead to an incredibly fun Friday night if you get Providence, Creighton as well as Villanova Seton Hall I think that's best case scenario actually for the Big East Conference I think that would be unbelievable basketball Um, One thing I do want to kind of touch on, as as you brought up Creighton celebrating there, is that Kevin Willard um, was very upset after the loss to Creighton about how Creighton was celebrating and and cutting down the Nets. Um, I look at it as, are you kidding me, Kevin Willard? Are you serious? They just won their first conference title Uh for the Big East. You choked, as Seton Hall seemingly always does. They lost to Creighton. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they lost to Providence, then went on a three-game losing streak, and then just had to win one of their final two. Yes, it was home against Villanova and at Creighton. Very
1: you're difficult. You going to win a championship, you gotta beat the best.
0: But you had the chance, yeah. you controlled your own destiny, and you blew it. We're at a home game again. So you're gonna go at Creighton for celebrating winning their first Big East championship? Yes, I understand it was a share of it; it wasn't outright, but that's ridiculous. And I, I can't. Wh- Willer's a fantastic coach. I think he's a great coach. He's done an amazing job at Seton Hall. That's a really petty thing to cry over.
2: Yeah, if you look at what um, Xavier did in 2018 when they won the biggest championship, or no, biggest regular in Grand, they had sole possession. They did the same thing. Is mm-hmm. They had they cut down the nets, the whole fans stood on the corner. What he said is it's, um, you know, look at what Maryland did yesterday when they won, court, you know, same thing. They want to share the Big Ten title, their first Big Ten title. And I think that um, just what he said is all three teams won it. As you had, at the end of the day, CN Hall still won the share. And, you know, good for great, like, that they, you know, to celebrate is because they really ran this whole table, you know, the whole base, the second half of it. And, you know, in front of their home fans, they were able to win, to win their first base title you know
0: what I'm yeah no I agree he he was upset over the fact that Seton Hall also won it and Creighton was yeah, celebrating with them there yeah. um but no I agree and the funny thing is as we brought up a you know from the show from a couple weeks ago when we were trying to figure out who was going to win it between Seton Hall, Creighton, Villanova yeah. well we all won it so yeah. <laughs> so that's a fun <laughs> that way to look at true. it and then so one final thing here before we go to break quite simply how does this Big East tournament shake out I'll start then, if everyone's afraid to go with it. Yeah it it's chalk, but I have Nova Creighton in the final, and I have Creighton winning it because I look at this Creighton team as a legitimate final four contender. This Creighton team has everything. Now, I will say all of this depends on Marcus Egorowski, who picked up a meniscus injury. He's questionable, I believe, for Thursday's game. If he doesn't play the entire tournament, then I think Villanova's got a decent chance. Of winning this title and I think Providence even has a decent chance of getting past Creighton but if Creighton's healthy Creighton wins this thing what I'll say on Villanova if Villanova is able to come away with the Big East tournament this year I'm a full-on believer going into the NCAA tournament and let's rock and roll and see where this thing goes but I do think that Creighton's the best team in the conference and I think they take it home this week. The over pick, I think
2: no go over Providence. I think Providence actually does upset Creighton Thursday or be Friday night. Um I think that like a non Homer pick I can see Seton Hall winning. I
1: sure. think that,
2: you know, my I think that those I think it's I think the champions coming out of the bottom half, which is, you know, completely contrary to what you you know, we just yeah. came out with Creighton,
0: Listen if it doesn't come now for Seton Hall, when is it coming?
2: That's yeah. the thing, it's not yeah, so I think that I can yeah, I can see sorry. either of those team two, two teams winning because I think that um I think they're the two, just you know, have the most experience and whatnot. But what you said is, you know, we've talked about it for the last month. unfortunately, you know, it's kind of like the Villanova, where they run into some dry spells, they end up, you know, choke, they end up choking. I don't want to use the c-word, but I. Oh, I used it. You know, the, they've tournaments probed. and, um, you know, both side and both tournaments in the Big East and the tournament and the NCAA tournament too. So, um, you know, so what you said is. He said now or never, especially with this Miles Powell. It's kind of like, hey, you've had him for four years. Yep. Nope. You gotta have something to show for
0: it. Sure. Conrad. I think the same Marcat. Same Marcat. No. <laughs> <laughs> not crazy. I didn't even pick him to win the first game. I think
1: it's gonna be Providence, Villanova in the final. Oh, I think Providence get that is again. gonna win.
0: You think Providence is that hot?
1: Providence is so hot. I've I said it before. I'm not picking against them until they. You lose. did. Yeah. I think they are yeah. so hot. Yeah. Hulu's just done a fantastic job to get them going right now. And like I mean they beat all these teams in the tournament. Um all the top three seeds yep. in the last like two weeks. Like how you can't get any better than than how hot they are. And like I don't think you just cool down like that. I, I it sounds so stupid, but I think it's going to hot thing. No, it doesn't sound stupid. That that's the thing. They're, so,
0: They're hot. so hot. They've proven they can beat anyone. And the thing too is that like all three of us have different champions. I can see any of those shaking out yeah. this week. Yes.
2: Well, and also too with this Biggie's tournament, I mean, one in any tournament, one is the four seed ever been a game behind the champion, behind yeah. the conference champion. It's like that's what people talk about. Oh, a and your five
0: seed is Butler, who was the number five team in the country yeah. two months ago.
2: And that's and that's just a and crazy the thing. The six seed is
1: Marquette with Marcus Howard.
0: Yeah, with yeah. the greatest score in Big East history.
2: yeah, and it's like the, the top four. The top four teams are thirteen and five, three of them, and then the fourth seed is twelve and would it be 12 and 6 that's incredible yep. you've got four teams all within a game of each other and it's like if, if we had another week of the regular season if we had two more games the seedings could be completely you know definitely be on their head.
0: no it, it certainly could so just very very exciting this is going to be an awesome week at the big yeah. east tournament and we'll see how it all shakes out this week but absolutely something to watch for um so like i said three three different picks three different champions so we'll see what we get but all right we're going to send it to a break and then wrap up with spring break awards as well as around the nova nation yeah. this is round tripper on 89.1 and we'll be right back. all right back here on round tripper and we are going to go into our spring break awards now you may look at that and say well what does that mean well yeah. if you know us we're crazy so of course just like how you know nba mlb nfl has their award shows we're gonna have an award show too so, we're just going to run through some things. So, it was 17 of us going down to Fort Lauderdale last week. And I would say we had an amazing time. Yeah.
2: Because
1: Boring was a <laughs> you had a boring time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Time.
2: yeah. Missed, all the, missed all the fun Monday night. He did. He missed the really party did. on
1: Monday night. I had myself a good time. but
2: Yeah, no, we all did. It was a lot of fun. It was thank you guys, you know, from obviously from my crew. Thank you for inviting us and for thinking of us, you know, back in December when we put it together. So, it was incredible it was so much fun it yeah. was, you know flew away all their expectations it oh, yeah. was a ton of fun and just you know we all you know it's all also keen of us you know came back closer and you know which probably wouldn't have been possible if we thought about it before
0: yeah it was perfect um had a great time thank you to everyone involved for making it such an awesome time um had a really really fun time and like it couldn't have been better it was great yeah, i so had fun. i had an amazing time with everyone and it, it was so much fun but all right so we have some awards uh be able to run through a couple of them some some interesting ones some normal ones we'll start with the six man of the year so you can interpret this any way you want to because i'm not even sure
1: i know how to oh, interpret six, six that i know how I interpret uh, How did you it. interpret it it's almost it, it almost put like hype man like the guy that's not relied upon is to be the number one scorer. But mm-hmm. He's always there. He comes off the bench. He's always there. Like you got your stars, you got the, your guys doing some big things, but there's always a guy behind the guy, and that's, that's what fair. I you know what? You was. nailed it.
0: And the winner of that award is Nolan Whacker. Whack man, the Whack, whack, whack Man whack comes shit. away with the championship. Dan Vizone finished one vote behind in wow. second. Also receiving votes: Madeline, myself, Rick, as well as Sherwood. Wow. So congratulations to the WAC Man for six men of the year. Drink that of the drink of the vacation was a blowout. Obviously, badge. ten out of fifteen votes. Margarita took that one home. Uh, also receiving votes: pina colada, Corona, and pineapple juice.
1: What do we think? Mm-hmm.
2: Makes sense. Shout out. That's eighteen out votes.
1: Badge. We didn't get a full eighteen. Yep, yeah, but you said there was fifteen for Margarita.
0: No, I said ten out of fifteen. Oh. We didn't get a full eighteen. We did not get one hundred percent participation. That's well, only seventeen of us. That's, yeah. true. That's true. That's Totally true. Seventeen. Woo! All right. Um, bar of the vacation, we picked the wharf. Eleven out of fifteen mm-hmm. votes. Another mm-hmm. blowout there. Um, I would say it was that. That was really cool. As an open area, yes. very very nice at yeah, night. Yeah, that was incredible. Our bartender of the trip goes to Jack Seslick. Jackie Badge mm-hmm. coming away with eight of fifteen votes. Nolan and Moy also received votes. Uh, event. Was there
2: any other bartenders we had? No, Besides not really. No, yeah. no, I don't think
0: so. Um, your event to the vacation ended in a tie. No. A tie between family dinners as well as our last night on the beach. Both ended with four votes. Also coming in a uh, would-be second place Monday night pool party. I mean, listen, there were some great events, so it was yes. tough, to, uh, tough to determine. Uh, and your Zion Williamson of pool basketball <laughs> was unanimous. Yeah. Benjamin Moy with the most dominant pool basketball performance I think any of us have ever seen in our lives.
1: Yeah, he did lose a
0: game though. <clears throat> Incredible. Nolan hit the game winner, so maybe that's why he won six man. Um, well, before we move into first, or should I do MVP before first team and second team, or MVP after? MVP after.
2: Yeah. MVP after.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll start with the second team. Wait, then. wait,
2: wait, wait, wait! But was was the MVP unanimous?
0: No. Uh, wow.
2: The MVP yeah, was two. not unanimous. What about what about Sword the break? What about what? What about
0: uh, most valuable store? Mo- oh, I missed that one. You are one hundred percent right. Uh, most valuable store ended up being Win Dixie.
1: Yes.
0: Taking home ten of fifteen votes, uh, Walgreens ended up in second. I mean, Win Dixie basically gave us food all week. Yeah. So yeah. hard, uh, to, hard to argue that one. It, exactly. So start with second team, first team MVP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Starting with the second team, your second team members with most votes for the second team. So this is going to go from order from most to least on second team. Okay. We've got Rick Salmer, Conrad Bayer, Matt Wood, Madeline Coppersmith, and Jack Sherwood, rounding out your All Vacation Second Team. Be an first team. Your All Vacation First Team. Bridget Ryan, Jack Seslick, Dan Vazone, myself, and Benjamin Moy. And your most valuable player with 11 out of 15 votes, Jack Seslick takes home the award, go. takes home the hardware for MVP. Also receiving votes were Moy, Sherwood, and myself. Uh, it was a fantastic spring break. Great time. And uh, so that was just a fun way for us to hand out some awards of some favorite events, some favorite things we did, and some people that made it really fun along the way. So so yeah, was it was a ton of fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. anything else you wanted to say on spring break?
2: No?
0: No? Wraps it up? All right. And then so we will finish up with Around the Nova Nation where we have a Big East champion sitting here right beside us. Conrad Bayer taking home yet another men's indoor Big East title. How are we feeling over there?
1: It was, a, it was a really fun weekend. Yeah? Yeah. Men and women both swept again. So that's two indoors in a row where we've swept. The women have been going on this streak for who knows how long. But for the men, it's when I've been there, it's been three out of four four years um, and then just going back for both teams, this is three in a row championships. For the men it's actually, if you include cross country it's four in a row so it's just, everybody's on, we're on a kind of a hot streak here. Um, uh, shout out to Marquette who finished both in second in both men's and women's. They're really, really strong program, really make um, us work for it um, and it should be fun coming outdoor to see if uh, we're able to hold up again and I mean, who knows? It's going to be close again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anyone in particular you want to point
1: out from having a great weekend? Uh, Trudy had a fantastic weekend, Trudy Ann Williams. Did she set so a record? She set the record in both the 60 and the 200 indoors um, for the school. She, I believe, owns, like, the top 10, 60 times in, in school history. It's something absolutely absurd. Um, and then, yeah, it's just it's a great, great all-around performance. And, um Shout out to Malik, who was the only man, um, men's athlete to, uh, win his event. So, I mean, it's great. And the freshmen stepped up, too. A uh, lot, a lot, a lot of great performances. A lot of people stood out. No,
0: fantastic. So, anything else you guys want to hit for, for around the Nova Nation? Oh,
1: uh, swimming. Women's uh, swim Oh, yes, dive. you are right. Also won the yeah, biggest championship. Yeah. On Long Island. On Long Island. And, um... The men's team did not, but they had they had a lot of good performances there as well.
2: Yeah,
1: so I'd say a pretty decent weekend for Villanova athletics.
2: Yeah. Yeah, not too bad.
0: Yes, and the uh, the women's basketball team did lose in the Big East tournament in the second round. They did come away with a win, which was nice to see. Now we'll see what happens with their fate there, whether it be the NIT or the NCAA tournament <coughs> for Harry Pareda going into his final games here. But that wraps it up. Hopefully Villanova can add another Big East championship in basketball to the uh, to the trophy case. But that'll do it for our show. Um, hopefully there is a podcast to post tomorrow. I really hope so. We're going to try with uh, off of my computer speakers. Hopefully things came through clearly enough. I'm not sure. We've never done it before. And hopefully the stream is just regular for next week. And that's the most I think I've ever used, hopefully, in a couple yep. of sentences. <laughs> um, so any final thoughts?
2: It was a lot of fun you know to the spring break was a ton of fun you know shout out to all those guys and girls that came and yeah it should be you know these next couple of weeks are going to be the next or yes, month and a half you know tying in the masters as well they're going to be an incredible few sports weeks for us
0: oh absolutely so over the next couple of weeks just to give you a look ahead we've got march madness preview coming up next week as well as big east tournament Recap the next week. You've got more March Madness as well as a Major League Baseball tournament. Major League Baseball tournament. <laughs> okay, yeah. Major League Baseball preview. Um, and then the week after that is Masters. So yeah. we've got just an incredible, incredible couple shows coming up. That is why I really need the stream to be working um, these yeah. next couple weeks so we can get some really high quality podcasts out. And we could not be happier to let's keep bringing you guys shows here as we hit the final two months of The Round Tripper in studio. In studio is yeah. key. That's that's a <laughs> hint. That yeah, that was great. Exactly. All right. So that'll do it for us then. For Jack Sherwin and Conrad Bear. I'm Pat Zhang. Thank you so much for listening to us here on WXVU. We will be back at it next Monday night, same time, same place. And go Cats. See you. Soon.